0: Welcome back to In The Queue: Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I'm your co-host, Phil, and the screenplay to today's film is the first screenplay by this person who whose previous collaboration with the director, Clint Eastwood, was as a production assistant on his film, Sully. Wow. Which uh, goes to show that in the film about real people playing themselves... You have real people playing themselves as screenwriters. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That
1: is exactly what's happening here, Phil. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm your other co-host. And strangely enough, this film boasts a sort of stellar cast of comedic actors. Mm -hmm. And at no point did I expect myself to say, Is that Jaleel White? (laughs) And yet, here we are I said to myself, is that Jillian White? And it
0: was Yeah, this is, I have a note about this too This is very weird, the casting (laughs) The the actual actors in this film are all comedians They, They are, every single one of them Yeah, well the film we're talking about today is The 1517 to Paris It's the new film directed by Clint Eastwood And it's based on a true incident of of true heroism that happened to, uh, a couple of years ago, almost just about three years ago now. Yeah. And they've taken that story and blown it up into a feature-length film. Uh, we're going to talk all about it in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys out there where you can find us on the web. You can go to our blog, which is found at www.in-the-q.com. We also have a Facebook page. Just search Facebook for in the Q, Q Q-U-E-U-E is how that's spelled. And on our blog and our Facebook page, you'll find all of our episodes. You'll find articles and other things that we post to kind of – on the Facebook page to kind of add to the discussion every week. And the best thing about our Facebook page is that once you like us, all of our episodes will populate your feed. And if you want to communicate with me and Andrew – You can post on our Facebook page, and we can have you on the show if you want to talk about the film of your choice. Yeah. And we love to do that. Every week we have a special guest on the show, and it could be you. It could very well be, yes. And it it could, yes, indeed. And also, we have a Twitter. It is at ITQ Podcast. And lastly, you can find us on iTunes or on certain podcasts or or podcast aggregators like Podcast or Overcast. And if you're on iTunes and you like us, uh, write us a favorable review. We would certainly appreciate it. We definitely would. Yeah. And uh, we deserve it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> without further ado, today's film is 1517 to Paris. Bonjour. Desire quelque chose? Snacks coming in, twelve. There you go. Thank you. Look at the baby soda spencer. Alex, shut the heck up. (laughs)
1: then you really realize how you have been given authority over your life. But you can only do that through the struggle of life. And most people avoid the struggle. Most people go through life avoiding pain. When you're working on a dream, at some point in time, a transition takes place. You learn how to leap higher
0: challenging yourself to dig deeper. Something in you that you never activate is lying dormant in there.
1: Don't try and take any shortcuts. Do what you know is right. We've been chosen for this great world.
0: I don't know man, you ever just feel like life is just pushing us towards something. Like some Greater purpose. God bless America. (laughs) Yeah. So that's uh, the trailer for 1517 to Paris. And, um, you know, the first time I saw the trailer, I, I, I thought it was a bad idea for a film. Ooh, interesting. Um, but I still thought that there was something kind of rousing about the trailer. There just, there was something, it it was, it was edited well and it made, made it seem kind of like this could be, you know, solid, and also, kind of interesting uh, premise too. For kind of like a hybrid film. Sure, sure. Uh, but then I saw the film. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And Here we uh, go. this film is beset by a series of problems. Mm. So, as you know, as, as as you know by the name of the film, and if you and you know by the actual story, uh, in 2015, uh, three active or uh, I'm not sure how active they were in Three the military at the time. Three friends, two of whom were in the military. Right. Um, they were on a train to Paris, and they basically heroically subdued a terrorist who had a gun and was about to just kind of unload on the whole train. With he had many rounds of ammunition. Three hundred rounds. To commit like a very serious act of terrorism, and then they, uh, but then they they thwarted his attempt. Yes. So that's, you know, that's kind of what everybody came to see with <laughs> yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah. And yet, to kind of stretch this out into a feature-length story, they had to really pad it with uh, more information about these dudes. And, <laughs> and they needed a lot more comedians, apparently, in the film. <laughs> Not being funny, mind you, but no, just being serious comedians. Just being there. I mean, right. it's Judy Greer and Tony Hale. Thomas Lennon, P.J. Yep. Byrne, P.J. Byrne, yeah, Jaleel White, as you mentioned, Jill, Jenna Fisher, yeah, it's very weird, and they're all none of them have comedic roles. There's, they're all being very like Thomas Lennon is this very stern yeah. principal, yeah, <laughs> and yet, uh, yeah, and yet they're all there. It's really strange. Now, okay, so the three, ga- the three guys, the three heroes play themselves, but they They cannot act; they're so wooden, <laughs> and the dialogue is bad and you can you can sort of tell that the the screenwriter <clears throat> was writing stuff that would kind of flow naturally out of these these guys' mouths, yeah but uh but it's just it's if if it were not kind of a train wreck, hot no pun intended it it <laughs> wouldn't it would be boring. But it's kind of fun to watch because it's so bad. So I wouldn't call it boring, although other people online have said so. Yeah. But I just thought it was it was just a a very at times like almost as bad as The Room. Like almost like that wow. kind of unintentionally funny dynamic. Wow, that is
1: that is a strong accusation to bring. <laughs> yeah. Um I didn't find it as bad as you did, I think. Um I guess not. I think that the performances were certainly not good for the most part. Although I will say that I think that Spencer had a, a a charismatic quality about him that I did not expect that I Mm -hmm. kind of bought into um, just kind of in the way that he, like he was very at, at the same time that he wasn't turning in like a good performance from an acting standpoint, he was turning in an, Exceedingly natural performance, which I can't say for the other two guys. Um, he mm-hmm. didn't seem wooden or detached to me. He, he just seemed like he was being himself up there on screen. And himself is not a particularly good actor. But I could see it. I I could, I could bought him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the kid actors were terrible. Uh, coming off of a movie like The Florida Project in this past year, watching... Bad performances by kids uh, oh, felt like I was re- returning to a familiar land. Um, <laughs> the comedians are all fine in their roles, in their mm-hmm. semi-serious roles, and I don't. It, it, it's a it's a it's a distracting thing if you are a fan of comedy to have so many comedians in a movie that is not a funny movie in any way whatsoever. Have so many people that you recognize just to be sitting there going, "Oh, Tony Hale! Oh, Judy Greer! Yeah. Oh, Jaleel White! What is happening in this movie?"
0: And there was that just that totally bizarre and and so poorly directed scene early in the film when two of the mothers of the the boys that would later grow up to be the heroes go yeah. into like a joint parent teacher conference. Yeah, and like it's 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 so horribly directed in every way the acting like the the kind of the motivation behind the characters and even the framing and the camera work is like so pedestrianly awful
1: yeah
0: (laughs) that was like the, the lowest of the low point for me of the whole film yeah and there's a lot of uh
1: mixed camera work being used i mean in the film they use high definition beautiful camera work they use mm-hmm. what has to be GoPro footage um, at various points. They use uh, archival footage of news yeah. broadcasts, um, which I will say, incidentally, was probably the most moving part of the entire film uh, mm-hmm. was the actual broadcast um, of them receiving the Legion of Honor, which if, you know, I, I don't know if that's a spoiler alert. I remember reading about this story when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, none of this is was... A surprise uh I do think that the tense action sequences, as you say, the part of the film that everyone came for, I think that was directed well. I think that the mounting tension around that and returning to it throughout the film was done well yeah, um I think that it it it's successfully sort of ratcheted up the tension over the course of the film, but we did like there... we went back to it like twice and then we dropped it for like forty five minutes or something. Uh, yeah,
0: there's a weird, also kind of like flash-forward aesthetic too. Whereas, like, yeah, you you know, I think maybe to try to, to remind people that you know it's coming, folks. You know, don't leave just yet. Like, because like in the the first hour or so, it it just starts with these guys from their from when they're little kids, yeah, middle school, all the way up until they actually go get on that train. And there's these like a couple times, like they just kind of insert flashes of the actual train incident into the story without trying to kind of justify it in any way. It's just kind of there to kind of string you along.
1: Well, yeah, and to that point, I I found that a lot of... like I understand that they had to pad this movie in order to get a a narrative out of it because otherwise your movie is about five minutes long and then it's done. Yeah. You know, Um, but that being said the uh the scenes of them growing up and being best friends and going to the army and all this kind of stuff they 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 serve questionable purposes i'm not sure other than just to be like these guys are friends and they grew up together and now they're together in france uh other than to establish that which you can basically do by saying that line <laughs> Which they do very early on, essentially. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what a, the purpose a lot of, of a lot of these scenes were. I mean, they're, they're very clearly there are some scenes that are inserted in there to be kind of jingoistic. There are scenes that are in there that are inserted to be kind of like uh, tipping their hat at uh, deeply religious people and and you know all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but it almost seems like pandering to me. It almost seems like like uh instead of just presenting these people as they are, it sort of goes back and it, it, it's kind of trying to overlay this sentiment on top of them that doesn't... Uh, the, if you're going to use the actual people who participated you know, and, and heroically did this thing, um, then let them be themselves
0: and trust that that will tell your story for you. Well, what I thought they were doing was is it was in a way a kind of hero worship. And it was a kind of
1: mm-hmm. kind of
0: like reminding us, you know, that this is what this is what the greatest generation used to be like. This is how it was. Let's remember, folks, we're still the good guys. You know, like and I think they were trying to portray the fact that these guys were heroes, but they were also just regular guys. Sure. And they were, you know, they were good friends and, you know, they're very wholesome I mean just listen to the way that guy said like he used the word heck like when they had the dialogue yeah. about the soda can like yeah. who says heck these days <laughs> like you know and 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 when they go on their their odyssey of of Europe you know and there's the the whole thing is very much kind of wholesome e- yeah. even when they are like checking out girls in Amsterdam like it's just, it's extremely polite and and innocent. Yeah, the most and, risque uh, that it ever gets is when they're in Italy and they sort of kind of try to look up a girl's skirt. Right, there's this kind of like <laughs> half-committed attempt at the male gaze where they're looking at this girl's skirt, but then but, you know, they're just still extremely respectful to women and all they want to do is just see the beautiful sights of Europe because they, you know, because they're great people. Yeah. But um yeah, I think this is definitely what it was and it's a it's another kind of right-wing entry in Clint Eastwood's oeuvre where he's, he's kind of praising unconventional American heroes, basically Mm. unconventional meaning, Mm. you know, conservative for the most part. While this movie doesn't necessarily choose a party line. I think that, I think it's pretty clear that this is like a, a movie that's meant to show the glory of the armed forces of the United States. Yeah. And the, and the kind of unvarnished,
1: heroism that just resides in, in people who are drawn to the, that service.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And Also the kind of, the, there's that line that's inserted, w- which kind of frustrated me where he's saying, you ever get that feeling that you're just being catapulted towards something greater? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the kind of thing that could be so conveniently inserted into a script after everything has already happened to kind of get you, your appetite whetted for, for what's going to come but it's it's such a i don't know it didn't it didn't really ring true although i haven't read the book that the three guys wrote together that this yeah. movie is based on it just kind of seems like like the kind like a screenwriting gimmick you know yeah. like they had this feeling all along that they were destined for something great yeah
1: yeah or at least one of them did
0: right and uh
1: yeah, it's hard to parse that. I don't know how much I have not read the source material for this. There is a mm-hmm. book that this is based off of that the three gentlemen wrote. You know, I'm assuming Ghost wrote, or I mean, they didn't ghost write it. Somebody else ghost wrote it or collaborated with mm-hmm. them on it. Um. And uh, so I, you know, I, I can't speak to how true it is to the source material, but so much of it does seem to be kind of stuff that could be conveniently edited after the fact to make them appear
0: as more more than they are which is you know yeah, hum, make human it, beings make like that like there's a that there's a film here when there I don't think there is
1: yeah yeah and uh and it's a very yeah it's a very plain-ish film i guess there's not a whole lot mm. of uh visual tricks there's not a whole lot of Filmmaking style that goes into this Um now We talked about Sully on this program And I really liked Sully quite a bit Yeah I did too And thought that it was Really Like it tackled some big ideas and some big issues Uh The the tension of it was Rock solid I mean the whole Uh sequence of the plane going down Was thrilling you know absolutely Terrifying And uh and so for him to come back and and do another film about real life events um and not really have an angle on it i guess maybe that's part of what it is is that at least in sully he you know he used the ntsb as this kind of the ntsb hearing as a kind of window into talking about bureaucracy and you know mm-hmm. placing blame in in events like this instead of recognizing the heroism at the center of the the event, you know, and saying, like, yeah. this, this person did a net good. Let's not tear it apart by, you know, uh, whittling it down through bureaucracy. And he also had some very good actors in that film, too. <laughs> he had some excellent <laughs> actors in that film. And um, and so in this film, it, it's actually similar in some ways to Gran Torino, uh, which, which is a, a good film that he made that a lot of people really love um, that I think is just irreparably marred by terrible performances um mm. by the untrained actors in it right yeah there are some directors who can get astonishing performances out of untrained actors um Clint Eastwood I don't think is one of them <laughs> <laughs> i he he just he just basically lets them be up there doing whatever they're doing and it's not like watching You know, any number of uh, films. The Florida Project most recently comes to mind. Or even a film like uh, The Best Years of Their Lives. Uh, Best Years of Our Lives? Yeah. Yes. Um, Which very famously used a war veteran as an actor Mm -hmm. to heartbreaking effect in a really powerful performance, you know? Sure. And... um... And Clint Eastwood just doesn't get those kinds of performances. He he gets great performances out of great actors, but I think that he gets middling performances to very poor performances out of uh, non actors, and that's and I think that's what really hurts this movie more than anything else.
0: And not yeah, having think... a real
1: point of view on it, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's just kind of an undramatic. Film, you know, I mean the the drama is the is the of course the scene on the train, but everything else is is not dramatic in the slightest, really. Yeah, it's just film, and it's it's kind of interesting. I was kind of amused when this movie began because I didn't know that it it was another Sacramento film. And there's you know as they're (laughs) driving in the car on in the beginning, like you can see the Tower Bridge in the background, which is a very famous Sacramento landmark. Sure, sure. And I was like, oh, it's just like you know, here's another like Lady Bird, another Sacramento film. Yeah. And uh, and there's, they even go to the airport too as another landmark, but um, but I think I think what Clint Eastwood was going for was real life, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And which is a- an admirable goal, I think. Oh, sure. And I think I think it also maybe reflects not having a point of view too. Like, oh, let's yeah, just yeah, make this as realistic as possible because I don't really have any kind of point I'm trying to make other than just for it to seem natural. Yeah. And you know like um I find it kind of interesting that in the in the train scene like there was no music, which I thought was good. It's very meant to be kind of very kind of how it was or how it how I imagined it was. It wasn't really sensationalized, but I was also kind of chuckling because like in the scenes where where the guys are are subduing the the high, the terrorist and punching him like, the punches are like oh. extremely artificially sounding like, yeah. psh, wah, psh, wah, psh, like yeah. like in a kung fu movie or something. And at the same time, you've got this very natural thing with these very like overdone sound effects. Yeah, it's, it's supposed it to be was... hyper realistic, but it's it's also kind of inc- incongruous that way. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I
1: actually thought that as I was watching it too. I was like, those are. <laughs> yeah ridiculous punching sound effects. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was It was really, it was kind of distracting um, and unusual for a film that was sort of priding itself on kind of its veracity, you know? Right. Um,
0: yeah, it, it, it was an unusual film. Wasn't it, that, you know that part earlier in the film when they're in the kid's bedroom and he's got a full metal jacket poster yeah, on the wall? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Was that... Was that supposed to be ironic? like are we supposed to believe that this kid like idolizes the guys in that film and he, and that's why he wants to join the army <laughs> that he's even seen Full Metal jacket at that age?
1: Well, it's possible. I had friends who had seen Full Metal jacket when I was a kid I remember looking at that I remember going in the video store and seeing the the box for that and being haunted by the that yeah image but you on had, the front. you
0: didn't see the film yet: no, but I had friends who did. But I mean, but the thing is, but that movie is, of course, such an ironic portrait of the America's involvement in Vietnam.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that I think a lot of people who watch that stop watching after the first 30 minutes because they think it's a comedy. I mean, I honestly, I'm not even joking. I think that people watch the boot camp sequence and they're like, oh, man, this is hilarious. And then they
0: stop watching because the rest of it's they could care less about because that's when it starts getting heavy. But to have something on the wall like that is like Chekhov's gun, you know like it's uh, got ha for me it has some kind of significance to the story uh,
1: I think it's a, <laughs> a, as likely that it was just Clint would going, mm, Full Metal jacket, that's a good movie Put <laughs> Oh on <the> wall. yeah
0: <laughs> like, I gotta read yeah. that sometime
1: or maybe I mean uh, you know this might be a detail from the book or from the
0: the recollections of these kids' lives, you know um well, I guess my perspective, you know, being skeptical of this kind of uh, extreme patriotism sure, leads me to believe that, you know, there's some kind of ironic significance to having that particular film featured so prominently. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, OK. I mean, 1517 to Paris, <laughs> not a great film. Uh, yeah. It's been getting a really, it's getting a real drubbing from critics, it both, really uh, is amateur laying into and, it. Is uh, it like
1: professional. It's at like 21% on Rotten Tomatoes or something awful.
0: I know. That's pretty bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's only at like a, what, a 5.1 on, 6.1 on IMDb, which is pretty... Yeah, it's at a 5.1. Yeah. It's pretty atrocious by IMDb standards. Pretty piss poor, I have to say. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's it's an uneven film. It's a confusing film at times. I, I must say that I have been very tired these last few days, and I thought that I was going to risk falling asleep in this film, even though I've never fallen asleep in a movie. But I was just so tired, and so I was like, oh man, I, I've i got to see this film for the podcast. i you know got to tough it out. And I was actually quite riveted, but part of that, as you say, film, might just be me being like, wow, what is happening here why are there so many (laughs) comedians in this movie
0: (laughs) yeah it kind of there's some there's something about it that takes you out of the experience of the film which is interesting because it's not trying to get you really to suspend your disbelief yeah you're supposed to kind of take it almost like a documentary because these are the real guys and the 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 realism in the drama is never heightened it's always just very kind of natural yeah but then you got like five or six comedians who are actual actors doing scenes with the amateurs it's it's a little odd i mean i i i would like to be a fly on the wall for those discussions that the casting directors had yeah for sure for sure Incidentally,
1: did you know that Clint Eastwood has directed eleven films in the last twelve
0: years? That's quite a track record. No, I didn't know that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's maybe, very energetic. Maybe it's the uh,
1: it's the same thing as you know Woody Allen, where you know he's bound to do really bad work
0: every now and again.
1: I mean, Woody you Allen did here, make folks. Scoop,
0: so you heard it here, folks. Woody Allen, Clint Eastwood. One and the same. Oh, my goodness. What have I done? Well, I think maybe we should just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our discussion about 1517 to Paris. Kind of fascinating in a way. Yeah. Uh, but but also not really a good film.
1: I wouldn't say go out of your way to see it, but uh, you know, if it's on TV, maybe settle in
0: for a little bit. Mm, indeed. Stay tuned for our next episode. It's going to be another listener's choice. We're going to talk about the classic cult classic dare i say big man on campus Mm. we're gonna have a new guest on the program we're very excited so stick around for that